Welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I have a gift for you. You have a gift? For our anniversary. Oh, it's our first anniversary it is. Happy, of the podcast. Happy birthday to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I'm, I'm Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the first anniversary is the paper anniversary. Yes. So I got you this complete encyclopedia to G.I. Joe. Oh. It's how many? It's 592 pages. Of G.I. This is the third edition. This is not a bit. I'm literally holding a book uh, (laughs) that our friend David lent us. Yeah. Because he heard we were doing a G.I. Joe Joe episode. So he lent you a book and you're now giving it. I'm giving it. Yeah, I'm re gifting it. Sorry, sorry, David. He listens to the show. Yeah, well, he gave it to me and he said something to the effect of, like, I don't know if you'll use it, but it's yours now. (laughs) (laughs) I may be misremembering. How heavy is this this book? This is. It's got some heft to it. It's a very large book. There's something. Okay, so the cover of this, this is the complete encyclopedia to G.I. Joe. Volume. Third edition. Third edition by Vincent Santelmo, or St. Elmo. St. Elmo's. Pipe Trench. And uh, the cover is kind of, it's like a glamour shot of a G.I. Joe soldier. But because, His eyes are looking through me. Yeah, because he is an inanimate object and not a person, he's giving us kind of this dead-eyed fish stare. So I'm not sure what we're supposed to do with this, but happy anniversary. Yeah, one year of the Life Toyetic. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. This, by the way, if this is your first episode, this is a podcast about movies, about toys. We watch a movie that is based on a toy property or a video game or that is designed to sell a toy property or a video game. And we watch it and we have a conversation about it afterwards, which sometimes devolves into us <laughs> uh, recasting uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, we go on some rabbit trails. We do, but it's fun. Yeah. We have a good time, and we've been doing it for a year. Yeah, a whole year. Nice. We what should is... do something to celebrate. We should, you know what we should do? Tell me. And this is just off the this top is, of my... Okay, you're just coming up just... with this idea right now, and we have not discussed it before. This is absolutely unplanned, all. but let's. what if, hypothetically speaking, we were to do, say, a competition, like a contest? Ooh. What if we were... Make people compete for our affection. Absolutely. Um, what if it were a contest that would also help promote the show oh, a little bit? Oh, that's a really so, great idea that you're having right now, yeah, Benjamin. Yeah, so I'm just connecting some... To- okay, so here's what we here's what we do, okay, right? Okay, hit me. We, we have our listeners write an iTunes review, an Apple podcast review of the show, right? And then once their review has been approved and posted to iTunes... They take a screenshot of their review. And they send it to they us. They send it to us at, um, let's say, show at thelifetoyetic.com. That's a pretty good email to send uh, it's, it to. It's, it's, I think it covers the bases. And then we'll run this contest from today, which is January 22nd. So maybe we should end it on February 22nd. February 22nd is good. That's a Friday. That is when we record. So we'll know who wins yeah. and we can announce it. We can announce the winner the, uh, on the episode. that The we, winner yeah. should win something. They though. should definitely. Something that's, that's on theme. Something that's on theme that's on brand. Something what like if, a toy. Like a toy. Yes. Now, <laughs> What's a toy that what is a we toy? love? <laughs> What is a toy? Welcome we just to don't my TED know. Talk. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, again, this is just. I and mean, feel free to shoot this down if this is a bad idea. But what if we went to, like, a store? What if we went to a store and bought like what are those those dolls called? The eleven inch ones. That yeah. are in the pink box. That have like impossible it's a, human it's a, proportions. It's a bor- bor- borble. Borble. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a bauble. <laughs> when you say it, it sounds 
sounds like you're saying barble. Yeah, and it's really it's, it's like, horrible. It's the pasta pasta problem all over again. <laughs> I think I think it is actually Barbie. I think. Oh, okay. So we'll yeah, get a bar- right. a Barbie doll, and we will. I guess we'll sign the box. Oh, that see, that's be... a brand new idea that you're actually having. Yeah, like what if we sign to the box for the winner? Oh, that sounds fun, and then we can ship it to them, and they'll have a little treasure. Yeah, that's a great idea. Did you say treasure with a J? A treasure. Treasure. Yeah. I guess I Except did. when you said it that time, you said it with the D-G, treasure. So I guess we'll do this contest. Oh, you're done mocking my pronunciation. Yeah, I okay. want to move on to the part where we, we're... we're. Usually this bit goes the other way around, so I hope you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, all you have to do is write a review of us, of the, of the podcast on iTunes. Um, Ideally a favorable yeah, review. Yeah, leave us a good review. You can write whatever you... As long as it's glowing, obviously. I mean, <laughs> write a review. We prefer it to be positive. If you don't like the show, you don't have to review it. Um, and uh, If it you don't like the show, but you really want to get your niece a Barbie doll for her birthday, <laughs> I guess you can still enter, she but can, you probably won't win. She can be like, Auntie Maud, thank you so much. Who wrote on the back of this box? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I've already opened it. Um... Yeah, leave a review on iTunes. We're not doing, like, different categories or anything, so we're not going, like, the funniest review or the most entertaining. Like, just write your review. It's extremely subjective. Yeah, we we don't know what the judging criteria is going to be until we're actively going through the screenshots. Yeah. So write write your review. Once it's approved and it's on iTunes, send us the screenshot. Um, and it will go into the go judgment into the, pile. The pool. Yeah. The pool of bejudgment. Yes. And um, we're going to be taking a video, I guess, making uh, a video of yeah. us going and picking out the doll. We haven't picked one out yet, but we're yeah. going to go do that. And then that will go up on Patreon. Yeah. At time of recording, we haven't done it yet. Hopefully when this episode goes live, we will have, we're planning there to do it a on video, Sunday. Yeah. So the video will go up. If it hasn't gone up by the time, because I still have the Q&A video to do as well. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bad person. But uh, the the video will go up on, on the Patreon. And I think we'll just make it a public video so mm-hmm. that everyone has access yeah. to it. So you can go to patreon.com slash thelifetoyetic to keep on out for the video of us going into a store and buying a Barbie doll. And hopefully not getting kicked out for and, yes. recording. In a, I don't know what the laws are. I don't know the rules. I think as long as we blow people's faces out yeah. and don't show any brand names except for the bauble. The bauble, the bauble, the Sorry. Anyway, yes. So to reiterate those rules, write your review to iTunes. Once it's been approved and is on the iTunes page, send us a screenshot and send it to show at thelifetoetic.com. Contest opens today, which is January 22nd, and will close on February 22nd. Or February, if you speak like a normal person. Thank you for that. And uh, we will be announcing the winners on the uh, first episode after that date. Which, which is a number of math that I... Yeah, it's... We'll do later. Possibly going to be the 26th, but it might be the... Tuesday after that because we have switched to a bi-weekly schedule for, for Yeah, the time we've being. switched to a, a, a fork knifely schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just as an update, because I, I did do a, an update on the podcast feed, but if you're not already aware, we, we're just switching to a, a bi-weekly schedule. It is uh, it is for the foreseeable future. It's hopefully not a permanent change, but it's just so that you yeah, know, Molly we, and I have time to deal with we uh, have other commitments. We have lives, we have jobs. And personal and professional. I'm loving this. Sorry, the gentle piano music as you're trying to be very human. I am human with job. (laughs) 
But if you, hey, on the off weeks, if you miss the sound of my voice, I, uh, I we, we just did just launch the game of wrestling. Or for $50, send him a message of 100 characters or less and he'll read it for you. I mean, that too. You. you can send that to show at thelife2edit.com. Yeah. I'm just trying to get you a side hustle. I do so need the money. So you can pay your phone bill. Yes, please. I just want to. I'm trying to help you I just want to keep sending abusive texts to Ted Danson. Yeah. He That's loves really, it. He's great. He's, he's, he's into, into it. it. Yeah. So G.I. Joe. Uh, yes, it's what we're here to this do. This week's, yeah, we spent almost a full 10 minutes not talking about the movie, which is uh, unprecedented, yeah, is the we, word I wanted to say. Yeah, we never dick around. Oh no, we take, this is a very serious <laughs> podcast for serious people. You can't discuss movies on the internet without a kind of a focus. You yeah. need a sharp, razor, precision focus. Yes, we have, the, we have trenchant insights that yes. we're ready to present to you. Um, and this week's movie is... G.I. Joe. The... Film. G.I. <laughs> Joe, the Rise of Cobra. Because oh, yeah. the first G.I. Joe, they it's all have subtitles. It's G.I. Joe uh, get, getting a brand new feeling. Yeah. It's, deep down inside. It's, uh, he, in he has his, India in and visits a snake charmer. That's what the kids And then are he gets an erection yeah, because okay. he, se- he realizes he's sexually attracted to snakes. I still, I think I said I was going to look it up and I never did. What does G.I. stand for? Um, it's a gastrointestinal. There we go. He's a ja- Gover- gastrointestinal Gover- Joe. Government issue. He's a government issue Joe. Or general issue, but it originally first galvanized. I don't, I don't fucking care about this. <laughs> Thank you for doing Gastrointestinal Joseph. Gastrointestinal Joseph and the rise of... the co- No, the Cobra's that um, kind of that coily camera that they use when they... Oh, yeah. When they do... Oh, a, what, what is, is that, that called? called? That when, you get, when you get a colonoscopy and they shove the thing up the camera, in there. camera, yeah. What is that called? The rise of Cobra. That's, 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 what, what, the, called. that's what the doctors so call So is this just two hours of like... Bowel footage. Yeah, this is just two hours of someone's colonoscopy. And also Christopher Eccleston is there. And you there. see them clip the little polyps. You know, we joke about that. <laughs> we joke about We have about a lot of fun that. here. <laughs> but when I was in high school and I was in bio two, I did watch footage of a colonoscopy that like someone's dad brought in and they were Why? Because like, it's science. Oh, so no. I've seen footage of that. So all of this definitely is relevant to, to G.I. Joe. Yeah. Gastrointestinal Joseph. Um, erection. Gastrointestinal Joseph's colonoscopy erection. <laughs> what a long title. G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra was uh, your pick for this episode. Was it? I believe so. I've never seen it. <laughs> Oops. I've never seen it. I I've ha- never seen it either. You've never- oh, that's so brilliant. It's one of those rare ones where neither of us have seen it, and it's also not a straight-to-video disaster mm. movie. So we're going into this more or less blind. Yeah. I have no idea what to expect other than a bunch of beefy white boys. I know that it, beefy white boys in, I think, exosuits of some description. Okay, yeah, that, that checks out. My memory of... I hope I see some berets. I really want to see a beret or I want, two. Give me three berets. or uh, If you show me two berets, okay, three, I'm in. Yeah. Anything fewer than three, you may as well, don't even waste my <laughs> fucking time. So we will have a beret count going. Yes. Um, so yeah, I guess we're gonna go away and watch G.I. Joe colon the rise of <laughs> and uh, yeah, G.I. So Joe's colon. We, <laughs> you horrible person. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. We're learning a lot today. <laughs> we're gonna go and uh, watch a colonoscopy. We'll be right back after these intestinal commercial <laughs> messages. Two ninja warriors locked in the battle of good and evil. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. And if you can master the ninja skills of Snake Eyes, then you're perfect for our team. G.I. Joe, are you in? 
You can join today at gijoe.com. Electronic ninjas and roleplay said each sold separately. Ask a pair before going online. We are retiring the podcast forever. <laughs> it's over. It's bad. We're done. We're, uh, I think th- we, we did it for a year, and that was a good yeah, run. Yeah, this, this is a good, good, good one to go out we're on. done now. This was a bad movie. This I feel like I'm in the same position that I was with the Bratz movie, because there's so much bad that where does one even start? This is, without a doubt, the single... Stupidest movie <laughs> I think it's either so of us have dumb. seen for this podcast. It's so dumb. I would sooner watch Furby Island again than this watch is, this. I mean, it's it's very much like Calvin playing with his toys scenario. It's a Tyrannosaurus in F14's <laughs> level of stupidity that we're looking at here. I mean, I don't even think it's I mean it's stupider than that. It's if Calvin had suffered a head injury <laughs> and then went to play with his toys. Yeah, it's rough. I, I was because this film came out in two thousand one. This film came out in the same year that the same studio put out Star Trek, the two thousand nine Star Trek. Oh, I didn't realize it was the same studio. Yes, it's it's Paramount. Uh-huh. So it's it blows my mind that we got a movie this bad Maybe in the same year. There's only so many good ideas to go around. Like there's only so much quality that the studio can can put into stuff, and so they used up all their quality on Star Trek, and they were like, "Well, we have to push out another one." We've got to do something for for Gijo. 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 It's difficult. This is a difficult one to kind of put into words because there were so many points where I was looking at the screen and then I would look down and make a note, and then you would say, "Did you see that?" Did you see and that? I would look up, and it was like we were watching a different movie. <laughs> Every time, this so much happens so quickly. Oh, there's in this so film. much. Th- there's so much. Uh, the two hours of this, I think we we had gotten it. We were we'd been watching it for a while, and I was like, wow, like a lot of stuff has happened. I wonder how far into this we are, and we were maybe thirty five. <laughs> 40 minutes there was into a it. point where I think we were both convinced this has to be the, the climax, climax of the movie. And it was the midpoint. It was the midpoint. And it's like, the, it's, it's, it's nanobots eating the Eiffel don't Tower. Don't spoil it. No, I don't care. This movie doesn't deserve our respect. <laughs> and it, so we get to that halfway point and then it's like, well, what, how do they I go? I can't even imagine how they're going to And apparently neither did they. This. Because uh, it's just stuff happening. It's, yeah. Shall we work through, shall we try to make sense of this plot? Yeah, so it, the film starts in France, 1641. Oh yeah, well I remember, it starts with like the villain's backstory, like it goes back to like it, his great, 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 yeah, great Yeah, it's not even his father. backstory, it's it's like he did a 23 in me, and we're seeing the results at the beginning like, of the oh, movie. Oh, I found something interesting, one of my distant predecessors had a, an iron mask on. Yeah, we don't even well, get that framing device. I think, I think one just... of the first things I said was like, I wish this could just be the whole movie. Like, historical yeah. drama, I can understand that. I can get on board with that. Yeah, it, it was... Like, some of the acting in this opening scene, it was like everyone was trying to be Tommy Wiseau from mm-hmm. The Room. There was a lot of bad, <sighs> bad dialogue reads. Just a lot of fun accents to analyze yeah. throughout this film. But yeah, the, the beginning of this movie is the man in the iron mask. Mm-hmm. It's his ancestor. He's been caught selling weapons to both sides. And so he's sentenced to be put to have his head encased in this kind of iron mask. It's a red hot iron mask. That would just kill, that would just regular yeah. kill you. And it's very period. It's very kind of aesthetically kind of, of you know, mm-hmm. of, like 1640s. And then it immediately like smash cuts to the G.I. Joe, the Rise of Cobra logo. <laughs> With like this brushed metal finish. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it was like we were watching the men in the iron mask and then one of us sat on the remote. <laughs> Change the channel. 
<laughs> that this whole movie was like that. Was you think you're watching one movie and then suddenly you're watching a different one. It's yeah. very exquisite corpse like. Yeah. Oh way. yeah. It definitely has the feel of a movie where like every scene was written by a different person different and the person. person writing the next scene only had the the previous page or the previous the- line. <laughs> This is definitely a, a, a script that was written by a game of telephone. Mm-hmm. And I get the impression, because there was some, uh, like, Jonathan Price is in this playing the American president. <laughs> Trying so hard to be American. He does forget he's American, <laughs> I want to say 40 to 60% of the time. You've got Christopher Eccleston doing an okay, not great Scottish accent. Yeah. You've got Channing Tatum, who said, like, you know that bit I do where it's like, <laughs> he's been dead 27 years? Like, He's he doing that, that voice. I mean, he tries. He forgets a lot of the time, but it's like the Timber's grandma voice yeah. of the, the genteel southern lady with the soft R's. That's what would he's you, trying to do. Would you like some orange juice and peach <laughs> Some orange <cobbler."> juice. <laughs> like, that's... It's bad. It's... I, but, and, 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 and he goes in and out of it, too. Joseph like Gordon-Lovett, as well, Lovett. is in this. How am I pronouncing his name? You're, sometimes you say Lewitt. Sometimes you I don't know which one is Lovett. right. Levitt. Levitt. Like levit, imagine him levitating. <laughs> Joseph Gordon's levitating. Yes. Joseph Gordon Levitt. His um, Levitt. I, I'm trying my best. Levitt. He doesn't listen to the podcast. I can say his name however <laughs> I like. Like there are some high caliber actors. actors. There's in this. so many actors. There's so many actors. And then one actress who was grown in a vat for this film. <laughs> but we will come. We will come back to that. Oh jeez. Um. So after the Man in the Iron Mask sequence, smash cut to the present day. Where Where James McCullen... Or Chris Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston, the ninth Doctor from Doctor Who. As opposed to the other ninth Doctor. Don't, do not open, you do not want to... Oh no, is it a thing? Oh, it's a thing. Okay, There are several ninth Doctors and you... Are there actually? Yes. I'm really sorry. Richard E. Grant was a ninth Doctor in animation. I want to apologize to the Who community, the Kahunity, if you will. I'll pass, a, I'll pass along your apology in the okay, next Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know any uh, better, but now I've learned and I've grown as a person. Rowan Atkinson played a version of the Ninth Doctor. Really? In a comedy skit called Curse of Fate Death. Again, opposite Jonathan Price as the master. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you so really this is inter- just a whole Whovian reunion. I'm yeah, not, but you seem excited. Reunion. Reunion. Bad. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Jesus. We're trying to avoid talking doing... about this in that normal way that, you know, you know, organ- you know organisms seek pleasure and avoid yeah. pain. So James McCullen, his company, what are they called? Mars? Mars. Um, Mars Bars. I don't know why they're called Mars. Mar- the Mars Confectionery Company. The, yeah, he they, makes candy bars and also weapons. <laughs> yeah, they make Maltesers, Snickers bars... And, and nanotechnology yeah. that eats metal. Mm-hmm. And he's showing off his new uh, nanobot technology, which also comes with a malted center. He's talking about you can use it to, de- he uses it to demonstrate attack. You can use it to tank. destroy tanks. You, you can, can use it to destroy cities. It's really great that I've invented this thing for you. This terrible, terrible thing. This whole film seems to be based on the premise that war is fun and cool. Yeah. And that's disturbing to me. So many things about this film are upsetting and it's disturbing, bad, but that's though. to me is the worst. The the message of this movie and here's the thing, I wanna I wanna stress this because this movie was directed by Stephen Summers, who we love for his work on The, on Mummy, the Mummy. And to a lesser extent, The Mummy Returns. Which I have not seen. Um, the Mummy is one of my favourite dumb movies from my mm-hmm. childhood. It's a genuinely enjoyable film. He also directed this, and I feel betrayed. Uh, and I don't know where to put that emotion. I do feel like someone has ripped my heart out of my chest. Oh, I'm sorry. But I also feel like that most of the time, because of my Because of your disability. Body. Yeah. 
So the 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 weapons are being shown off. They're basically like these this green swirling. It's like Mountain Dew. Yeah. In inside a lava lamp with some fins on it. Yeah. With these very fancy torpedoes. The coloring is very any gadget or weapon that Doctor X used in the Action yeah. Man toys. There's a lot of green. They love their high vis yellow and yeah. their chartreuse and. So Mars sells four of these nanobot warheads to NATO. So an American military envoy is detached to dispatched. An American, it's emotionally detached. They're emotionally detached. That's not untrue. <laughs> but they're it's Duke and Ripcord. So it's it's snails and yes. Magic Mike. Yeah, Magic Mike. Channing Tatum is Duke. Ripcord is played by friend of the show Marlon Wayans, who was With snails, snails in, in the Dungeons and which Dragons means movie. that this is canonically set in the D and D universe. Yeah, I when think the, is what we determined. The first Dungeons and Dragons movie ends with snails is alive, and then they kind of disappear. This is the this realm is where that snails went. To. Yeah, this yeah, is where became, snails went. He joined the American military, so they're delivering the war eggs. War eggs, but they the war eggs. They kind of look like eggs. They do look fairly egg-shaped, but they get attacked by a bunch of people. Uh, yeah, these a lot weird of people. soldiers who get killed very easily by the military people, yeah. but they don't seem interested or worried about the fact that they're being murdered. I'll be honest, I did zone out during this sequence. It's it's so fiery and so boring. Yeah, we're like 10, 15 minutes into this movie and there's so much gunfire and explosions. I don't know who I'm supposed to care about. And it's 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 how can a film with this much high octane mm-hmm. adrenaline pumping action in it be so spectacular? Eye-wateringly boring. boring. I was so bored. And then, uh, so some of these people, and I guess in the like within the w- w- realm of the cartoon and the comics and the toys, these would be Cobra agents. Mm-hmm. But that's that, that name it's is not never established. Mentioned. I don't think they. I don't think in the entire film they call themselves Cobra. Even when Cobra Commander appears at the end, by the way, spoiler alert, even when Cobra Commander appears at the end, he just says, call me Commander. I think the the only time they say the word Cobra is when they're talking about a literal Cobra that they have in the room. And then there was that um, uh, French scientist that the Duchess oh, is married it's, to, it's whose Baron name is like Co- Co- Baron Cobre de Cobre. Yeah, which is the I didn't stu- actually even Jesus notice Christ. that. Oh, it didn't, it was so, I didn't pick up a lot of these people's names. They're not, the, their names are not there to be remembered. They're, they're, they're yeah. archetypes to be stared at or lusted after. Yeah. In the case of certain Speaking characters. of, um, there's a dominatrix that. Yeah, a dominatrix tops Channing Tatum. <laughs> and apparently they'd had a relationship before. This is, this is uh, the Baroness. Um, who is Anna? Pl- I think is her name. Yeah, who's played by uh, Sienna Miller. Don't know who that is. She, the only other thing that she'd been in that I had heard of was Stardust. She's she's the obnoxious blonde she's, girl in Stardust. She's done some stuff, but throughout this movie, she moves like she's using her body for, for the, the first, first time. time. She's like Ariel on the beach. Like I've never had legs before. Her, yeah, there's a lot of leg movement that is like she's learning how to walk on there's, the job. I seriously because they have her, you know, in this patent leather cat suit whatever and these really high heels there are times when she's kind of walking off into the distance where she looks like she's about to turn her ankle like you can see her struggling and it hurts me and anytime she's making out with anyone in this movie it's like she's never used a mouth before like never had a mouth doesn't understand it's kind of like when karen gillen and dwayne johnson kiss in jumanji yes and there's like teenagers kissing for the first time but in adult bodies yeah she's never done that before yeah i I think the conclusion we came to is that she was grown in about for For this this movie movie. and was used in other and they were like oh 
oh well we have this woman who will yeah. do whatever we tell her to this movie hates women but i think so do we a little bit but <laughs> like we've just objectified it into we've like she's a literal object that was grown just in- because of her we're we're lampooning her acting yeah. abilities I'm, in the, in this film. Yeah. I'm sure think, she's a great actress. I'm sure she's fine. This film did not give her anything to work with because this film hates women. This film, yeah. That, this film fails the Bechdel test. It fails the reverse Bechdel I think test. if two women fight each other over something that isn't a man, does that pass the Bechdel test? Because that happens. Do they both they, have names? They tussled. They do both have names. They don't. Do I they think talk? Maybe they don't talk to each other, no. but maybe they grunt. Maybe they groan as they're punching each other. It fails. No, it's bad. Um, I'm trying. You really, you're really reaching to save the soul of GI Joe. At least Joe, two, the two of the, th- two of the, th- actually, you maybe only two of the women have names because that blonde woman, I don't Scarlet, think she has we a have, name. We have Baroness and we have Scarlet. The one who died, the one that they fridge very early on, the yeah. blonde woman who's just set deck. Yeah, it's troubling. It's a, it's a bad, bad time for a GI Joe movie is no safe place for women. I'll tell you no. that. We had talked a lot before we started watching the movie. I'm just now remembering this about colonoscopy footage. Mm-hmm. I think I would rather have watched. That would have been that. that would have been more. I think that's our Patreon episode. <laughs> just watching a colonoscopy. I feel yeah. like that would have been more edifying. Yeah. And I would feel better as a person for having watched that because at least I would have learned something. But uh, I didn't. Know, I don't want this. I can't say I didn't ask no. for it because it was my choice. But I didn't realize that this is what I was in for. So, um, so. Uh, the Baroness recognizes Duke, and Duke recognizes the Baroness. Because they're, because they're exes. They're exes, yeah. She used to be called Anna Lewis. Um, and he calls but, her Anna. Everyone calls her Anna throughout this. That's her name is Anna. Yeah. But uh, the the soldiers are rescued. The surviving soldiers, Snails and Magic Mike, uh-huh. are rescued by... Another the, team of people. The, the, who, the, a team of people. It's like a weird three-way fight. There's a hologram of a general who's like... Of Dennis well, Quaid. Dennis Quaid, who's like, hey, uh, we're going to take the case now. And Magic Mark's like, well, no, it's just, I signed off for this is my job. So guess you're stuck with me. And they have a back and forth. There's a huge... As they're journeying, to, I guess, to Egypt, where the G.I. Joe base oh, is. Oh, yeah. I guess they were taking it to the desert. There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of conversations about, well, what is our, what is your unit called? We can't tell you. We get drummed out for telling you. And then literally in the elevator in the next scene, they, someone... They, they mention their name. It. Yeah, several times. It's just called G.I. Joe. Yeah. It's just called G.I. Joe. Like, the G.I. Joe special task force, whatever. Yeah. And everyone's who's in it is called Joe. So there's a lot of people saying like, get those Joes. This is my Joes. It's it's a very badly edited. There's a lot of like slapdash kind of shoddy. I described it while we were watching it as it it feels like this was edited in the back of the van as they were driving (laughs) to the distribution center to send this movie out. A lot of weird like audio cuts Mm. and like, visual jump cuts it looks like it was put together by a student in some parts yeah you just like didn't understand that like you need a little bit of breathing room between lines yeah it is the one of the roughest edits i've ever mm. seen of a movie that made it to theaters that wasn't the my little pony movie where, <laughs> you know where scenes just stop in that this movie? is like the live action 2009 equivalent of the my little pony movie is hasbro is like we need to milk this property they oh God, yeah. they had six different special effects places vi- like do the visual effects yeah i i have a feeling that this was put together very quickly yeah so they're in the they're in the it's the pit i believe it's called it's which it's is called the, the gi joe base the, the desert and base. the generals say oh well duke we tried to recruit you a couple of years back and we're trying to they they do like photo scanning they up they do like a google image search for the baroness's face to figure out who she is mm. and 
Duke says, oh, I, I know That's her. My ex. That's my ex. We, we boned a bunch. We get a flashback. There's a lot of flashbacks. So many flashbacks, and some movie. of them are extremely weirdly timed. They're weirdly timed and unnecessary. And there's so many. There, there's at least I want to say there's at least four or five. Yeah, there's a flashback to four years prior where Duke had proposed to Anna mm-hmm. when she was blonde. Snail shows up and asks a bunch of probing questions, mm-hmm. uh, and like then who's on top and like <laughs> I don't remember the probing questions he asked. It was, "Do you love my boy?" Like. He's, how can he be your boy when if you didn't even know didn't that even he, know was he was proposing? Yeah. Um, and then Joseph Gordon Levitt. 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 Joseph Gordon Levitt, Levitt shows up. Levitt. Just picture him levitating. And he's like, "Hi, I'm Joseph Gordon Levitt." That's exactly what he, he looks direct like. in the camera. You hear the sound of applause. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little ding, like his yes. teeth shining. And uh, he says, "Anna's my sister." And then they get very, very close, and she holds his oh. face. It's a little bit flowers in the flower- attic. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> It's, it, it's, it's not it's a normal way that close. siblings behave. Yeah, I don't. Whoever wrote this movie, maybe whoever wrote this movie was grown in a vat to be the writer, because <laughs> they clearly like had never met a woman. Yeah, had didn't like the concept of siblings was very recently mm. introduced to them. Yeah, and pretty much everything else about plot and story structure and really how the world works in general. Yeah. They don't seem to have a key. They didn't even have like of... a grasp on what GI Joe is. What a GI Joe is. Yeah, it's action man, idiots. Um, but just like the entire structure of this movie is, it's like it's it's very straight to Netflix. It's very. Yeah. I feel like if this movie had been made now, it wouldn't have gotten a theatrical release. I think yeah. Paramount would have tried to sell it to Netflix mm-hmm. instead. Would Netflix have said yes? I don't know. Probably. Their they, standards seem low. But they did turn down Holmes and Watson. So, so they do have some They have some, some standards. standards. Yeah. Or either that or Sony wanted too much money for it. Mm. So it could go either way. Um, this movie is not worth very much money. So uh, McCullen says, oh no, my nanos. And he's projected into the Joe base by a hologram. And he's projecting his emotions. And he's projecting emo- <laughs> Yeah. Um, he gives them the code to open the, the box and check mm-hmm. the warheads and make sure they're okay. But unbeknownst to, I guess, us at this point, although we probably could have figured it out. I mean, I figured it out as soon as I saw his face, because he's got kind of an evil face. But he was the doctor. Yeah, and it's weird that they cast him, because he's got an evil face. Well, Peter Capaldi looks evil, but he, he was great as the doctor. Eh, he doesn't look as evil. He, he got, he, he's on his ship, and he says, yeah, I gave him a code that's going to activate a tracking beacon so we can find out where their base is. He makes out with Anna, who's not really there. It's gross. It's a hologram. He, she, he, yeah, he doesn't make out with her until the end, and it's really yeah. creepy because again, he she doesn't understand what a mouth is. Yeah, and they're riding in their submarine towards the Gungan City. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and uh, McCullen, uh, now having the location of the base, sends Storm Shadow, who is, uh, is an Asian, Asian ninjaman dressed head to toe in a white in suit. White. He only ever wears white. Yeah. So we have to assume that this movie is set before Labor Day. <laughs> maybe it happens on labor day and yeah. that's why in the final scene he takes his clothes off because he's like oh it's it's not time for this he mm-hmm. he's naked from september to the end of the year <laughs> he can't wear anything maybe he's the white power ranger gone rogue yeah because as we all know power rangers only wear the color that they've been assigned yeah so the white ranger i guess he's up up a creek after Labor Day every year, yeah. he just hides. He just he has to go away. Power Rangers, we need you. I, I've in. got you guys. Have to. I can't. I, I have nothing I'm, to wear. I'm at home. I'm just gonna stay in. I'm gonna sit this one out. Um, Duchess Storm Shadow and Zartan. It says on the Wikipedia who entry. I don't know who. 
Uh, Duchess is the is Anna. She's a baroness, and her name is just why, regular. Why do we call her Duchess? Where do I, I get don't that know, from? but that would be like a cool name for a supervillain. Uh, oh, Zartan is the guy who um, was Imhotep in the Mummy. Oh, I didn't even yeah. realize he had a name. There's there's so many individuals yeah. oh in this film. I can't keep track of them. So he has this t- he has this like take. He whistles. And he just likes to whistle for funsies he just likes to whistle for he's a jolly yeah. good fellow because he's like happy birthday was still copyrighted at the when this movie came out yeah. otherwise he would have been whistling happy birthday yeah so storm shadow uh duchess and imhotep <laughs> so their names now that's their name now well storm shadow needs a fun name the white ranger stormy daniels <laughs> stormy daniels duchess and imhotep break into the base and they're able to get the uh the nanos this is right after the training montage i guess this is i guess after there's a lengthy there's badly edited training montage is this when they break into the desert base yeah this is when they they're break breaking into the, the desert, desert base, base and the two women meet each other are two two entire women that we get in this film they don't have a conversation not counting blondie they they touch each other a lot it's not the same it's not the same they get away with the nanos and then they take them to france for Oh uh, yeah, but Duchess's gonna... husband, because they, they have to um, unlock them, I guess, like arm them. To weaponize them. Yeah, that's a word. So they they take them to Baroness's husband to his lab, and they say weaponize these, and like with that, and, and the, they they say that means that doesn't. And they're like, what? Mean I don't know what you're talking what you about. Talk- and they're this- like, there's instructions. It's like a it's like a kit that you buy. Yeah. We, we got get it from the Target, and it comes with instructions yeah. on how to weaponize like, it. But we're a civilian laboratory. He's like, well, if you don't, we'll just kill people. And then he kills someone anyway. Yeah. And then he kills. Ah, ah, ah. There's a lot of death in there's this. There's a lot of death, and there's a lot of like weirdly sexualized death. Mm, yeah. Like when the blonde woman dies, Im- Imhotep is like says something really creepy. I don't remember what he says, but he says like like good night, sweetheart, or something, yeah. something extremely creepy and upsetting. And like the Dutch Dutchie's husband dies, like <laughs> gets stabbed, like while they're making out, and it's extremely, yeah. it's extremely disturbing. The pairing sex and violence, having it's those odd, two, yeah. having those two flavors in my eyes at the same time when I didn't ask for it, is, is really disturbing to yeah. me. So they weaponize, and the way they weaponize them is they put it in like a giant, like like a NutriBullet or whatever it is, <laughs> and it just spins around for a while. That's it's how you like do it. they attach it to the wheel of fortune and spin it. And they just spin it. Just spin. I don't even. I don't understand. I was. I was zoning out at this point, as though I wasn't zoning out through the whole thing. Can I try a joke? Yeah. Considering the theme that we went. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. The beginning Is of this the a colon? colon? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and also tagging onto what I just said about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Okay. I'd like to buy a bowel. <laughs> Was that was that good? No, that was fine. Okay, f- only fine? No, that was it was okay. Okay, it's, it's not the best you've I feel ever like done. Okay, is a downgrade from fine. What about I'd like to buy a bell? Horrible. That's actually better. <laughs> what did I say? Oh no, we were talking about. Um, there was a point in the movie where you've got Joseph Norman Lovett, who is explaining what happened to how he got scarred up, and mm-hmm. I and and he's like talking, and I. Just started saying the monster mash, and you fell out, fell over laughing. Oh yeah, you, yeah, well, you that's said really he, for us. his the voice he uses. How would you describe gastrointestinal Joseph's voice? It's kind of like mm, maybe maybe a it's little, a little lower. It gets lower. it gets mm. lower over the course of the film. It sounds like you know those PSAs, those smoking PSAs mm-hmm. where it's someone and they've got something on their throat. Kind of like that. Yeah, 
But you... I was working in the lab late one night. <laughs> it's funny yeah. because he was. Yeah. I'm, so- <laughs> I'm sorry. We were compromised. So Cobra, which is not what they're called they're in the not movie, the and they have the ah, they've got there was the scene with those soldiers and the Cobra bit them, and it's like, why was this scene in here? This never comes up again. Yeah. And then they stick stuff in the guy's face. None of this is making sense. I just have these images flashing yeah. across the screen. I'm gonna try. Of my I'm mind. gonna try to get us through this yes, narrative. Please I, help me. I have the inexplicably I remember more about this movie I, than you do which is a rarity on this because podcast I am so lost but also I have the Wikipedia you have it pulled up in front of you all I have are my notes that say things like kill me everything's made up and the points don't matter I <laughs> give up yeah this is kind of a whose line is it anyway of a movie but without the improv yeah it's just nonsense it's an exquisite corpse movie yeah absolutely so Cobra decides that now we have these weaponized nanobots we're going to fire them at the Eiffel Tower. Now, I joked about that uh, up until the point when they actually aimed the missile at the Eiffel Tower. There's a glass building. There's lots of fighting going on in a glass building. Snails and Magic Mike have these exosuits mm-hmm. that allow them to it's run faster. Whole, it's a huge set piece. It's a huge... This is like a 20-minute long deal. It's dumb. Deal. This is like the climax of any other movie. This, this is would be what's the at climax because we're going to destroy the Eiffel Tower, yeah. which also, that's someone's wife. Yeah. <laughs> you kept saying that throughout. <laughs> you kept, throughout the movie, you were expressing concern for Mrs. Eiffel Tower because you watched a documentary. A, I watched a documentary several years ago when I was in college called Married to the Eiffel Tower. There's an actual woman who's married to the Eiffel Tower. That's her wife. Does she have a certificate and everything? I don't know. I don't know if she has a certificate, but they like, you can look this documentary up on YouTube and watch like the wedding ceremony of them getting married. She changed her name to, to Eiffel Tower. Like her last name is now La Tour Eiffel. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember her first name, but she like is very married Greg. to the <laughs> So that's her, that's her wife. And she Show can, some respect. And she gets eaten by the nanobots. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, and then the Joes fight, get the kill panel off of Duchess and stop it. But at that point, a lot of the damage has been done. And, and then he's in the hell, and then he's done, they take him and it's, ah! Yeah. <sighs> what's what's upsetting is that like this is we're we're only halfway through this film at this point yeah. there's so much we haven't even touched on we haven't talked about like the weird we, we can get through this. noodle brothers like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> fuck so so one of the guys one of the gi joes is a ni- is basically a ninja clad in all black rubber never with a mouth face it's whose very... name is it was it eagle eye uh, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes, It's very yes. BDSM. This is a very kinky movie that's going to give a lot of children awakening. Maybe not children, because we don't know who this movie is for, but whoever the audience for this film is, it's going to yeah. have some awakenings. There's a moment when they're fighting. Why is... So also, Snake Eye does not work for Cobra. Snake Eye works for... Snake Eyes works for the Joes. It's unclear why his name is Snake Eyes. And Storm Shadow works for Cobra. I forgot what Cobra. his silly name was. Stormy well, Miles, Daniels. And when they're fighting with ninja swords, Stormy Daniels says, hello, brother. And then in that moment, <laughs> we get a flashback. There's a flashback to them as children Wrong. fighting each oh other. And it's so silly because this is in the big, the huge action set piece where they're breaking into the base to steal yeah. the warheads. And there's it's so, so silly. There's so many moments where the film's like, hang on, hang on, stop, stop, stop. You need to know what happened before. And everything stops. Yeah. It's kind of a relief because the action is so mind-numbing. Yeah. It's nice to have something to break the tension that you can just guffaw at, and that's what we did a lot. But the whole film is so fucking stupid. Anyway, so 
Magic Mike stops the nano. He pushes a button. And the nanobots stop eating the Eiffel Tower, but and quite a lot of damage has already been yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, he gets captured and taken to the Ninth Doctor's headquarters. A in very the real ice base. It's very real. Very it real ice not and definitely a set snow. Definitely for, not is, a I'll set. I'll tell you this as well. It is not Snow White's tomb from the Tenth Kingdom. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. There's definitely not just like white sand on the floor. Yeah. The Wikipedia—I don't remember how they do this—but the Wikipedia article just says the Joes locate the secret base and fly there. Can't be that good of a secret base. They then, can triangulate. It? They have a photo. Oh yeah. They, they hack that guy's brain and he dissolves in front of them. Yeah, and it's you, oh, extremely that was such a disturbing. Visual. And then they have like a—they f- pull from that, I guess, a photo of that this guy took with his eyes because their computer can get images out of people's brains and they and they using the shadow in the photo they're like oh this guy's at such and such degrees latitude and longitude at such and such this was 51 hours ago at the north pole it was 51 hours and 27 minutes yeah remember the specifics sorry we're all just trying to get by we're all doing our very best yeah so the Joes locate Except the base. whoever made this movie, they were not doing their so best. So there's this whole thing with the fucking eyes that the, and the, like trigonometry and Wikipedia summarizes it as the Joes locate the they secret locate base the and base. fly there. It's so asinine. Like, mm. it, it, just let it go. It's fine. They find the base. It doesn't matter. So uh, McCullen, uh, the Ninth Doctor, Christopher Ecclestein is going to... Perhaps uh, better known from his role as a borrower. In yes. the Borrowers. Yes, did you see that really one? shined. I did watch it, because it's Borrowers. Yeah. Of course I watched it. You can get it in a double pack with the John Goodman Borrowers on DVD at Vons for six ninety nine. Is that true? Yes, it is. <gasps> I already own the good Borrowers, so <laughs> I don't need the, the bad, fake Borrowers. Is it bad? It's just weird. So... Doctor Who is going to load three missiles with the uh, with the the nano bots, and he's going to fire one at Beijing, one at Moscow, and, and one, one at, at DC. Washington DC. I yeah. don't know why these are his targets because they're, they're, they're big. Because they're big, like there are lots guess, of big yeah. cities. They don't world powers like the president, and then um, and then the president's boss Vladimir Putin, <laughs> oh, and then and then the, the China one. China Captain China. Man. Yeah, that's what they call their president. Yeah. Um, Captain China, China Man. So the missiles go up. I, a lot of this, the end of this movie, it's so vague and nebulous and hard to follow. It's just noise and mess and cacophony. I think that what I, what I remember, what stood out to me the most about this sequence is that the redheaded lady, whose name I didn't learn until I think the last 20 minutes. It's definitely been said before, but Scarlet is her Scarlet. name. Scarlet. In my mind, I, was, I just called her Rachel because yeah. she looks like a Rachel, but she <laughs> finally puts her hair in a fucking ponytail. The whole movie has just been loose and down. Even when she's like working out, she just lets it flap around. That's not you don't yeah. do that. It gets it gets sweaty and greasy, and people can yank it. It's also worth pointing out, like from the minute Snails and Magic Mike started training with the GI Joes, Snails has been had been hitting on Rachel uh-huh. for the whole movie, and Rachel's like, "Well, attraction is feeling, and feeling is not is, quantifiable, is not quantifiable, and therefore it's not real." So it's- I only believe in science. She only believes in science, so she doesn't have the capacity to get aroused. I think she yeah. was just trying to tell him that she's asexual, so yeah. she's not interested. There's this whole, uh, like, the subtext of that, and I think that we're kind of inserting subtext. Because we haven't done that in any other no, context. Is that she's asexual, and I think that's a horrible subtext to insert, because by the end of the movie, she's down to clown with yeah. with, with snails. With snail town. <laughs> down to go to downtown snail town. <laughs> horrible. The, what what the movie's doing really is 
doing that thing that is where reinforcing... Where a man wears a woman down. Where a man wears a woman down. It's playing the idea of oh, women are just playing... They're always just playing hard to get. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like a woman is attracted to you, she definitely is. Yeah. She just doesn't know it yet. So you keep being a shit to that woman you like, and eventually she will like you. To be fair, he's not hes not a shit, but it's still one of those situations where, like, he should have gotten the message on the first try and, like, well, backed off. I do also, like, I do think he was a bit of a shit because he does say... I'm attracted to you, and you're attracted that to me. Like is his gross. opening gambit is telling her how she feels yeah, based on zero gross. evidence. But the film reinforced, like guys coming out of this movie are like, well, next time I'm attracted to a girl, I just have to tell her that she's you attracted to me. Need to tell her how she feels. So, yeah, and then she just doesn't know yet. Yeah, I just need to like keep fucking that chicken, yeah. and eventually. Yeah, that's the expression. Is that the expression? It's an expression. That you just made up now? No, I'm pretty sure I got it from either The Daily Show or The Daily Show got it from Fox News, but keep fucking that chicken is an expression of like, I've always used it as, it's a futile act, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep doing it. Okay, I'm going to try to integrate yeah, that into my vocabulary. Else. Oh yeah, you're absolutely going to win that that Emmy. You keep fucking that chicken. <laughs> like that's... There's so many problematic messages about women and how, to, how they are and how to relate to them if you are a man. Yeah. And it's distressing to watch because it's bad this movie doesn't need to exist it it oughtn't to exist yeah. and it's distressing on every level because this yeah. movie this is another one of those movies that i think is very damn like it's a bad movie but it it sends a lot of damaging messages yeah. so it's like one of those go back in time kill hitler things this would be a really good movie to make not have existed on your way to killing hitler. on your way to killing hitler just have i feel like most take of the a pit stop in 2008 2009 prevent this i think we really it's like 2006 2007 Whenever because that's they when production this. would have kicked off because um steven sommer found out that they were that the movie was going ahead while they were filming that third mummy movie nobody mm. liked. i didn't even realize there was a third one that's how out of touch i am yeah with the mummy verse tomb of the dragon's curse or something like that, that. they fake. recast um is that uh, the one set in china yeah it's okay. the one where, they, where uh, rachel weiss didn't want to do it so they recast Someone Evie. with more eyebrows. Someone who didn't look anything like her. So no one needs it. No one asked it for it. It wasn't a sequel that anyone No one was asked craving. for this film. No. No one's no one's craving this. Um I, I think that there there was hunger for a G.I. Joe movie. No one's craving what ended up happening. Yeah. I, I, yeah, the the movie that we got is so far removed from anything even vaguely relating to G.I. Joe. Here's the thing. I think that there was still up until the Marvel movies were really in full swing, I think there was still a fear of like being true mm, to yeah. the source material. Because you look at things like the X the X Men movie, they're all wearing those black leather outfits, and there's even yeah. a joke about yellow spandex in the movie. The Transform the first five Transformers movies, Michael Bay's Transformers, look like uh, someone upended a toolbox onto the floor and then just yeah. glued whatever sharp implements they found together. There's a sense of, like, this isn't your grandpa's franchise. Like, we've made it cool and hip and edgy. But it's and less it about... the spirit. It's less how can we make this cooler and more how can we make this less embarrassing. Mm. Like, I think that there's a G.I. Joe episode of Community that is more G.I. Joe than this, this. than this G.I. Joe movie. And I think that until... You know, it wasn't really until... I want to say Captain America Thor, that movie adaptations of dumb properties. I was like, wait a minute, we can still be faithful to the source material and do our own thing with it. Which is why these two G.I. Joe movies we got are so far removed from anything that the toy line ever did, the comics ever did, the cartoons yeah, ever did. Yeah, even just looking at looking at the encyclopedia that's sitting on the table right yeah. now, I don't 
I forgot that was there. You know? <laughs> like I, it has Seeing his eyes, I can't forget that. He's this has nothing to do this has nothing to do with like the US military I'm really. Check, I'm gonna check this book, see if it has an entry for the movie. It doesn't because it was published in two thousand one. Oh I well think. then it's useless to us. <laughs> Sorry, David, your book's crap. No, it's fine. It's a very fine book. <laughs> um, but this, he wrote it. this this movie celebrates toxic masculinity. It to- it's toxic it masculinity. Warfare. Warfare. And uh, so it really, end of list. it's really, really into people suffering burn injuries. Yeah. A lot of people's faces get burned. It's yeah. really into that. Let's just. I'm just going to run us through the end of the movie. Yeah, very let's quickly. please. Let, I want to be free. Christopher Ecclestone launches the three Eccleston? missiles. One of them, I don't know if it just blows up or if they stop it, but the one that was heading for Beijing just yeah, d- doesn't make it. it. They, they fixed it. They solved yeah. it. It's um, fine. There, oh no! There are two missiles. Oh no! One's going to Washington DC, you one's know going what to I Russia. Remembered is that yes. terrible thing. Yes. Oh my god. So Snails is in a voice operated. I thought we were gonna be coasting to the end, but now I'm getting we'll get all there. right. We'll get there. We can do up. this. So he's he's on the tail of the the, the, the missile in mm. Moscow and there's no trigger to activate mm. the weapon. And they're saying, well maybe it's voice activated. Mm. So he's gonna there like fire, boom, like he's doing all these things. And then um, Scarlet says, well, wait, McCullen is Scottish. <sighs> so maybe it's a Celtic word. <sighs> and the Celtic word is what's pain. <laughs> and as an appreciator of the Celtic arts, Molly really enjoyed this moment. This. It really made her it made her heart sore Oh my and God. Sing. Oh my and God. And this is why it's Molly's favorite I'm, movie I'm literally like, you can't see me, but I'm like flushing and my heart is racing because I'm so upset about this. Mm. Like it's not it doesn't really come up on the show cuz why would it why would it come up here but I I'm very into like Celtic music, Celtic mythology, history and Celtic languages. I'm I love languages. I'm kind of a recreational linguist and I think it's all really interesting. And so when <laughs> I w- <laughs> I don't even when she's I don't even know where to start it's with this. It's the Celtic Scottish word for fire. Fuck me. I don't even know. I don't even know how to start unpacking this. That she's like, it, it, she, he, you, you need to speak Celtic. <laughs> Celtic is not a language. Celtic is a language group. That's like saying you need to speak Romance or you need <laughs> to speak Slavic. And what language do you speak? Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed by this. I think I think I started screaming and groaning, and it went on for a good five or ten minutes. You made a noise which can only be described as an a sustained screech of severe emotional discomfort. <laughs> I this hurt it was me like so a, deeply. It was like someone was slowly squeezing an accordion together this and holding a note. Like this Aah. hurt me so deeply, and I don't know. What was her name? Scarlet? Scarlet. This woman. Rachel. I hate her so much. Rachel. I hate her so much. Is that why you named her Rachel? Maybe. No, I've never met a- I don't think I've ever met a person named Rachel who was like a cool person. I know a couple of cool Rachels. Do you? No, I know one cool- Like my, um- my Oh, that Rachel's really Rachel. cool. Yeah. I'm sorry, Rachel. I'm so sorry. You're cool, but yeah. like- In my, terms my, my of myself, like any also, Rachels that you knew in middle or high school, they're probably not that great. Yeah, or they got better. It could happen. They improved, I'm yeah. sure. But yeah, so she's like, because he's Scottish, it's very unlikely that he would actually speak Scots Gaelic because only 1% of the population speaks Scots Gaelic. There's no, it's never teased that he knows any languages other than English. Celtic is not a language. And the word that they use isn't even, they A, say it wrong, and B, I don't even think that's the word that you would use because they say, the word that they're trying to say to get 
the missile to fire is chenye, which is the word for fire, like literal fire, like you set a fire. Yeah. I don't think that's the word that you would use to describe the want, firing of a yeah, missile. Yeah, I think you would probably want attack or... Yeah, like yeah, like as, the verb form, yeah. like in English, to, to fire is a verb and you fire something, it's transitive verb. And yeah. It's, but also in French, you use the word feu to fire and that's the word for a literal fire. You yeah. wouldn't say tigre, which means to shoot. Anyway, I'm getting in the weeds here. I love languages so much, and it just made me so angry to see it butchered like that. It hurt me on a deep spiritual level. Yeah. This movie that has already taken so much from me, <laughs> and uh, it, it just really broke me, and I think yeah. I zoned out for the rest of the yeah. film, and I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. So that's my little tirade. It, I'm going to finish the narrative of the movie. Yes, I'm please just finish it because I want to be done because I need to like stick my head in the freezer and calm down. Snails takes out both missiles. The, reason, the way he takes out the second missile, the Washington missile actually breaks free of its casing and goes into, quote, drone mode, which is stupid. So Snails, in order to take it down, just kind of crashes into it. And as his craft is being like consumed by the nanos, he's flying straight up north. Up north, up into the sky, into the sky, north towards the sky. You know how directions work. (laughs) And a flat uh, earther, so (laughs) that's true. And uh, says the Celtic word for eject. I don't even know what that that one would have been, but I can tell you it was wrong, and she said it wrong. And then he ejects, and he finally lands on the front lawn of the White House. He ejaculates on the White House. He jizzes on the White House lawn. Snails. He leaves a snail trail on the White House. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't think I could hate this experience anymore, um, but you just, that was really the cherry yeah. on top. While that happens, Magic Mike gets in a fight with Christopher Eccleston, who's about to use like a flamethrower, but I guess Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah, fires and like Anna something. is there and she remembers that oh, she yeah, she's used been to be blonde and she's like, oh, I miss being blonde. Going brunette yeah. was a mistake. Yeah. My roots are coming in. And they like, <laughs> and because her, what had happened was like, her brother had they had left him Joseph Gordon Levitt they had like left him in a bunker during some war he got blown up during some they wa- thought he was dead some war <laughs> thing they were doing that war thing that war they were doing some they were doing a war it's like the Tom Hanks movie that war thing <laughs> <laughs> With how this movie glamorizes war, you could that could be the subtitle of this movie. <laughs> but they're doing they're doing a war and he gets trapped in a bunker and he sees them he sees some experiments and there's an evil doctor and he yeah, gets Yeah, who's played by Benny from The Mummy. Yeah, so this is basically The Mummy, I guess the fourth one. Yeah. The Mummy 4. The Mummy 4, The Legend of Eccleston's Gold. <laughs> that makes it sound like pirate treasure. I'd be all over See, that. Yeah, I'd watch that. But and then yeah, he, I'm Captain Eccleston. And then he his face gets burned off because they really love burning people's faces off in this film, and he becomes evil because of that. I guess yeah, you would. And then he goes and finds his sister, and again, flowers in the attic. There, this flashback is her like sleeping on top of the covers, like in her undies, and he sneaks up to her, and I think he sticks a needle in her or something. Yeah. Extremely disturbing. There's no reason to put her in her undies in this scene. I just <sighs> there's a lot. This the, movie. The I don't is, think I've gotten worked up like this over a movie in a really long time. Like, I'm like really worked up. This doctor is like, yeah. So Duke, you fucked over my sister because you weren't there for her after after my funeral, but I was there for her even though I'm dead. 
So this is your fault. And and it's Magic so, Mount Magic Mount uh, even asks, like, why did you have to sneak in and put like why didn't you just like It would have made just more sense arrive to just, and just have stopped being just dead. Come back and don't be dead. And then he goes, up, 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 ch- no, 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 no. And he no. puts his finger on on his on Magic Mike's lips, and they kiss like, for twenty seven full minutes. Because <laughs> um, Joseph, Joseph Gordon Love has been around a while; he knows what yeah. to do with his mouth. Anyway, um, Magic Mike shoots a gun at Christopher Eccleston while he's he using a flamethrower. He shoots the fire. Shoot the shoots the fire. Shoots the fire. Shoots 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 the fire back into Eccleston's face. Eccleston gets burned up in the face. This is the third or fourth person who's been burned in the yeah. face. So the doctor, um, played by Joseph Gooba Hooba Gooba, uh, takes him. Joseph Gooba Peas takes him onto a. I guess it's a spaceship. I don't know what it is at this point. It's, it's a, so nebulous. Is and vague. it a submarine? Are they in the watery? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he says, I made something for you and in- injects Christopher Eccleston in the oh, neck. Oh, yeah. And then Eccleston's face is Turns encased in metal. Because some, I guess some nano critters eat his flesh and turn to Turn him into metal. Know. And he says, oh, no, I've, I've followed the long line of my ancestors. Hmm. No, one ancestor one did. One ancestor. It's not like everyone in yeah. the family wore a metal mask. Yeah. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like... <gasps> he did it! I did it! Ah! No. <laughs> Mel's very excited that I said it. I just got so excited that I um I hit the lamp. Okay. Okay. He's like, okay, well, I'm not the doctor anymore. You can call me Commander. And he puts on this big dumb helmet it's, uh, and looks directly into silly. the camera. And but then they're arrested. Like but we blinked and they're like, in jail. It's like they're you think you you're like yay. We've climaxed. The climax is over. <laughs> We've got the snail trail. We got the, it's all it's all done. We can clean up now. Like it's over. And then they're like. Let's get some new masks and like face off with Magic Mike, you know. You, and it, they're <laughs> yeah. building up like, oh, this is actually the final battle, or, or, which or, I wouldn't put past them because this movie has just been building and building well, the other and building. Thing, and I, building. Thought it, I thought it might be lead into the sequel, like we'll mm. be back. Yeah, but then they get caught immediately, immediately and you don't even you don't even watch. It's like they're in the submarines looking at each other, and then the very next, it's like cut to like you smash, can't stop smash, us. Smash, cut, cut to, to oh, you got us. we're in jail, and there's like <laughs> yeah. bars in front of us. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, earlier in the movie, they had injected Imhotep with stuff that w- that Would was going to change, change his appearance. His face. While the missile was uh, en route to Washington, they he, took him down to a bunker. Sneaks in the bunker where the president is. Yeah, and at the end of the movie, the president is kind of shown back into the White House, but it's not the president because <gasps> he sits down, puts his feet up on the table, and starts whistling. For he's, he's a, a jolly, jolly good, good fellow. fellow, and it's Imhotep. Dun dun dun! I don't know if that's resolved in the sequel. I guess we'll find out when we watch maybe it Jonathan later this Price year. just likes that song. Yeah, maybe that's anywhere. all they were trying yeah. to say. Yeah, I don't really know what the significance of Imhotep is. He's he's there in the movie and he's like a scary person yeah. who kills a woman in a terrible way. And then I'm not sure what he contributes to the plot. That's apart true. From that. You can you could like put headshots of every character in this movie and throw darts at the board and whatever ones it lands on, you have to say, what do they do in the movie? And you can't answer the question. Yeah. Everyone is so What purpose do they serve? There's no... It's like, in terms of character action, I suppose there's enough of it, but that action is spread out across so many characters. It's so diffused. I don't know who to care about. I suppose that Magic Mike is the main character, but he's really not on screen that much. Yeah. And he doesn't do a whole lot. Like, he gets kidnapped once, and then he punches some people. 
if anyone's Sometimes. the main character, it's Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, yeah, he's, he he makes a strong choice. Yeah, he's there the it's whole time. It's a wrong choice. It's a dumb choice, but it's a it's a it's yeah. A choice. Don't don't stick needles in your naked sister. That's yeah. creepy. That's very weird. But that's the end of the movie. We're yeah, free. we're free. Um, There's no music video. They didn't Nick make Fury doesn't come. No, the Christopher Eccleston rap is is cut out of the end credits on the home video version. Yeah, that's because he does do a big. It's in rap. the director's cut. Yeah, which is not on Hulu, which is where we watched yeah, it. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Um, this is the single worst movie we have ever watched. Is it? I, Would you say that? That's a really strong statement. We've been doing this for a year. It's, okay, this is the single worst live action movie we've ever watched. Even worse than Battleship. This is worse than Battleship. I think. It's incoherent. This, I think because this is actively offensive, not not even just because it's a poorly made film, but like the messages it sends on mm. every single level are detrimental to society yeah. functioning in a peaceful way where every citizen is respected. This is the movie that people who complained about that Gillette commercial watch to make what, themselves yeah, feel better. Yeah, this is better. what they watch and they jack off to, and it, and it makes yeah. them feel powerful. Yeah, you can't spell Gillette without G-I. No, that's a bad... <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is what they watch, like, oh, the Gillette movie, we told, we're, we've got to be better? Fuck that, I'm going to watch G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra. I can't imagine having someone say, like, hey, maybe, like, Maybe try don't. to try to improve on any level and being like, no, I don't want to improve. Like, I would rather not be better in any area of your life. Like, no. Yeah, I think my favorite. I don't want to be any better than I am right now. My favorite tweet on that subject was, I guess we've definitively proven that that Gillette blades are not designed for sensitive skin. That's really <laughs> what it boils down to. But yeah, this. I feel like we've chosen this movie at exactly the right time because I feel like this is this movie reinforces so much negative, mm. like toxic masculinity. Mm. If you, even if you strip all that stuff out on a story level, this film is bad. This film is bad. It's like a it's like a kaleidoscope of awfulness. It's and like, every time you twist it, you see you something it, new yeah, and terrible. Yeah, there's nothing redeeming about this film. I'm I'm hard pressed to think of one redeeming thing. Usually yeah. I go to like wardrobe or hair and makeup because usually there's some respite yeah. there. But like the makeup was atrocious. They put gray eyeshadow and like circle blush on this lady and everyone was in a cat suit and there were wedges that they couldn't walk in. Like, I don't know. I, there's nowhere for me to rest. Yeah. This is this is one of the things I think that really bugs me about this movie is that Stephen Sommer gave us the mummy. Mm -hmm. Like, whether that was a fluke or what, the mummy is a genuinely enjoyable, occasionally stupid, but fun action-adventure movie. It's a fun movie. ride. And then he, gives, he gave us The Mummy Returns, which was not as good, but was still kind of... It was fine. And then we got The Mummy 3, The Legend of Curly's Gold, which I didn't see. And then we get this, and I, I feel let down by a man who gave me one of my favourite mm. action-adventure movies of my teen years. That's that's he, how he I feel. He giveth and he taketh away. Yeah. So Jesus. on the Lego keeping okay. So on in terms of as a toyetic movie, my mm -hmm. feeling is that it is not one. Well, it's extreme. It's it it really pushes the toys. Yeah. Like there's so many there's so many just little like they have the shock. The yeah. Shocks. There's weapons. There's vehicles. Yeah. There's you know the submarines and the shark. Like there's a lot of potential toy things in here. Yeah. I question how well the toy line sold. We can look it up. Because the question that we asked while we were watching this was, who is, who is this, this movie for? for? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't look like it's for kids. But there's nothing about the palette, the design, the 
the cinematography, none of it was It's that like, same, like, gray and blue and orange, edgy... Transformers. Yeah. So if it's geared for anyone, it's geared for teens, but teen- teens aren't going out and buying action figures. Yeah. But it's also not for fans of the 80s G.I. Joe, because it's so far removed. Because nothing to do with that. Yeah. It doesn't so, capture the spirit of G.I. So who Joe. is this film for? Hasbro. Who's buying these kits for Hasbro, so they can say they did one? So they, I don't, like, I don't know. I never know how to answer this question. Like, I can't satisfy you. Yeah. We're both baffled. There's nothing in here that a child yeah. would enjoy. There's, There's, you know... People get burned alive. People get eaten from the inside out by nanobots and yeah. their flesh just dissolves. Like, it's a disturbing movie that glamorizes and glorifies war and destruction. Yeah. And also being terrible to women and sexualized violence against women. Here's the thing. Generally speaking, I'm not a big fan of war movies. Like, I, uh, there are a lot of movies that I know that, uh, like, war movies that people really like mm-hmm. that I've never seen because I just have no interest. Like, Apocalypse Now I've never seen, Saving Private Ryan, Jarhead, like... I'm just, I'm not interested in movies that are about soldiers and war. I just, I don't have yeah. the interest. And for me, that's just so not yeah. my speed. I, yeah. I, I'm i not going to do that at all. So I wouldn't have seen this movie to begin with because it is it is so, particularly on the, like the fr- first like third of this movie is, here's, here's America's military. Look what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, look at all the things we can blow up and yeah. the, how big the explosions can get. Yeah. But you reach a point where it kind of stops being like a military action movie and it shifts into a science fiction fantasy Mm, action movie. And it's still not enjoyable. It doesn't stick that landing and the transition very well. But it's it's also profoundly stupid. It's so stupid and so damaging at the same time. Yeah, I I feel lessened having watched this movie. Yeah, I want to take these messages out of my brain. Yeah. I feel smart enough and secure enough in myself as a human person. I'm 32, very nearly 33 years old. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm aging rapidly. <laughs> I feel confident You're that almost Jesus age. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm old enough to be the son of God. I, I'm not going to internalize the messages of this movie because I already know this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But there are kids who went to see this movie... And internalized that. Yeah, almost Their minds were wide open because they were watching a, you know, summer blockbuster popcorn flick. Yeah. And it just went right in. And that's disturbing. It's terrifying. Because those kids are grown up now. I think that... Because this was 10 years ago. This was 10 years ago. Oh, wow. If you saw this movie... If you were a 12-year-old boy when you saw this movie, you are a 22-year-old man now. It's painful. And you probably own a fedora or a trilby. And you probably hated that Gillette thing. Oh, you probably... Oh, Jesus Christ. This so is, this movie, like, is damaging. Like, yeah. the world is worse because this movie is in it. The world is provably worse because the G.I. Joe colon Demonstrably movie worse. Yes. It is palpably worse. I Quantifiably have quantifi- worse. You and I together can palp how much worse mm-hmm. the world is. I know, I know there's a second one of these, and I think we'll probably get to it later this year. Because I want to know where the fuck do you go from this? <laughs> It's like if they, it's like if, if they announced if, if we saw ads tomorrow for an emoji movie two, I would want to see it because you want to know the what fuck? yeah. How I just could... want to see what you would have come up with. What drugs did they take? Yeah, it's a morbid curiosity. Yeah, I think this is a it's it's not as detached from the source material as say Battleship mm-hmm. is, but it's a worse movie than Battleship because it's less cohesive. This is all of the worst traits of Battleship and Transformers thrown into one nonsense mm-hmm. gibberish feature. Yeah, it misses every mark. Yeah. It misses every single mark by a lot. Yeah. It's the op I think it's the opposite of what you would want from a G.I. Joe movie. Yeah. There's nothing there's no positive messages. There's nothing inspiring about it. It's not about heroism 
or sacrifice or any of the things that you would think would be the themes of a war movie that's geared for a younger audience. Yeah. It's just about getting to the next big action set piece. Yeah. Um, on the Lego Emoji scale, I banish it to the wastelands. Yeah, this is to die in the heat of our sun. That's this where... movie doesn't even belong on the scale. Yeah, it doesn't belong. I want to. It forget... just doesn't belong. I, it's. I want to forget it. The good news is our next episode is going to be a nice reprieve. What is? I don't remember. I what do our next remember one is. our next episode. We're watching Wreck It Ralph. Oh, fun! Wreck It Ralph. Okay, um, yeah, I definitely need a break after these past two. Yeah. It's really wearing me down. Wreck It Ralph is my personal favorite Disney movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because of the video game stuff, but there's a lot of thematic stuff in this movie that yeah. I, I really, I really about enjoy. about being a big clumsy boy just yeah. trying to do better and yeah. making friends. Exactly, and uh, with uh, the sequel, Ralph Breaks the Internet, about to hit home video as well. It just seems like a good time mm-hmm. to come back and, and revisit that first movie, especially because there are so many video game characters in Wreck-It Ralph. Like, it, it's kind of the Who Framed Roger Rabbit of, of video game movies, but then it goes one better by also being a good movie. Not mm-hmm. that Roger Rabbit wasn't a good movie. It's not but... disturbing like Roger Rabbit was. Oh, Roger, it's not that... going to give you nightmares, yeah. most likely. So yeah, so next our next episode we will be watching um, Wreck-It Ralph, um, which I think is available to stream in a couple of places, but if not, it's... A great movie. You've no excuse not to go out and just buy it if you can afford to do so because it is just a, it is my all time favorite Disney movie. It is a spectacular movie with such a wonderful message. So that's the episode that's going to go out February fifth. Yeah, are we pretty much done? I think we're done. I'm ready to lie down. Okay. and forget all of this. So we're going to do a little bit of uh, just. Uh, there's a lot of housekeeping that we have to we do. We house kept a little bit at the beginning, but yeah. we're just going we'll to remind quick, you. Quick recap. So before we sign off, just a couple of things. Firstly, we're going to do a, an iTunes review contest mm-hmm. starting today and going until February 22nd. Write a review of this podcast on iTunes once it's been approved by iTunes and posted to uh, the iTunes page for the Life Toyetic. Send us a screenshot to show at thelifetoriatic.com. Use the subject line contest. Yeah. And uh, the review that we enjoy the most, you will receive a prize. And the prize is going to be a signed in box Barbie doll that we... That we're going to go pick out. Yeah. And uh, we'll do a little video about picking it out. And yeah. we'll, we'll pick out something really fun for you. Whatever doll speaks to us, we'll go with. Yeah. So it's going to be a really good one. Whatever part of the world you are in... Uh, you are eligible for this contest. We'll figure out we'll how figure to get out the it logistics. To you. If you live in, if you if you are based on like an Antarctic polar research base, we'll fit. We'll see what we'll, we can do. Yeah, we'll try. Something. Yeah, we'll make arrangements. Um, it might be a Walter Mitty kind of scenario, but we'll get it yeah. to you. But yeah, just like I said, just send us a screenshot of the review once it's on iTunes. Don't send us a, a screenshot of thanks for your review. Don't you know? Send us a screenshot of the compose page. We need to be able to read. We it. need to be able to see it. We need to know that it's there, so we can judge it. Um, and yes, and and that's also a good incentive to you know review the podcast because with a small independent podcast, we survive predominantly by word of mouth. So mm-hmm. things like reviews, things like tweeting about they go us, go a really or, long way towards they, helping us build an audience. Yeah, and we do we do have you know a really kind and 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 devoted but small fan base of people who really enjoy what we do and we. We really like seeing your tweets and comments, so thank you very much for that. If you are a Doctor Who fan, 
Um, I have a new podcast that launched recently called yeah. The Game of Rassilon. And you've been talking about this so long, so I'm so, really excited yeah. that it's finally coming together. I'm very jazzed about it. It launched on uh, January 16th, um, and it is an actual play podcast. So if you like Dungeons & Dragons podcasts, it's kind of like that. We're playing the Doctor Who role-playing game. We have our own Doctor, who's played by comedian Riley Silverman. She's so cool. She's phenomenal. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, the companions are being played by Melinda Catherine Gross, who is playing as Amelia Air. Um, I love it. It's it's pretty great. I might have to give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. I don't know. I don't know much about Doctor Who, but it's also it's a it's a tabletop podcast. But I can I can follow that. Hopefully, Um, and then our other player is Dan Peck, who is a writer for Family Guy, and he is playing as a '90s uh, librarian called Travis. Oh, fun! Um, And then I'm I'm the GM, and I co-write the campaign with uh, with my friend Michael Nixon. Um, and yeah, the first episode went up on January 16th. The next episode is set to go up on January 30th. So while we're on our like bi-weekly, fortnightly schedule, the game of Rassilon is going up on the uh, on the off weeks. So you can head over the to... The little syncopated beat. You can go onto the website, which is thegameofrassilon.com. That's R-A-S-S-I-L-O-N. You can search for the game of Rassilon in your podcasting app of choice. Do please check that out. If you're a Doctor Who fan... I will be at Gallifrey One in February. We'll be doing a live show of the Game of Rassilon, which we've been doing at the con now for a couple of years anyway. So the podcast is kind of an extension of what we do there. I'll probably be on some panels. I'm still waiting to hear back about my schedule. And in March, I don't have a specific date yet, but I'm doing stand-up comedy at the Ice House is in Pasadena. Good? Yeah, Yay! It's me and a bunch of other geeky comedians. We're doing a show at the Ice House. As soon as I have more information, I will tweet about it. I will put it up on my personal website, which is benpadden.net. On social media, I am on Twitter and Instagram as at benpadden. Uh, Molly, where can people find you? I am at Molly Alice Hoy. I don't really hang out on social media very much anymore, but sometimes I tweet about the show. Yeah, and uh, you can find us on most social media. We are The Life Toyetic on Twitter. We're uh, facebook.com slash The Life Toyetic mm-hmm. on Facebook. We're on Instagram as Toyetic Pod. Life Toyetic Pod. We're very bitter about it. Yeah, we we haven't done anything really, really. <laughs> it's just sad. It's just there. If you want to support the show financially, you can uh, become a patron on our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash thelifetoyetic. We have a number of rewards, including additional bonus episodes. We have a Q&A video, which should be going up in the very near <laughs> which future. Which has been going up for like <laughs> six or eight weeks it's, now. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy time for me. I haven't had as much time to edit it as I would like, but it will be going up. Hopefully our answers are yeah. still relevant. Yeah. And you can get um, you can get all of the rewards uh, for as little as a dollar a month. Mm-hmm. $5 a month gets you an extra. Gets we send you, you a quarterly postcard. A postcard. Card. And that's going to be going out really soon. That's probably mm-hmm. going to be like a Valentine's Day card. Um, and at the $10 tier, you get a shout out on the show. People uh, who get are getting shout outs include Mazurf the Squid Dude. Mazurf. Mazurf. Bless Mazurf, you and keep you. Wonderful human. Mazurf, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. <laughs> um, a G.I. Joe in his own right, Zach Lay, who does own a full tech suit. Do we know this now or are you making stuff I, up? I, my new thing with Zach is just, I'm just, anytime we watch a movie, I'm going to assume he was in it. And oh, yeah. No, he was. I know that he wasn't, he was an extra in this movie. He yeah. was one of the men that got cobra bitten. He was just weirdly standing around in that one scene that didn't he contribute was. to the plot. And Which doesn't a- narrow it down, because a lot of the scenes didn't contribute to the plot. And then he was also an extra in the scene where Brendan Fraser is just there. Oh, yeah. He, he was in this film, and we didn't even talk yeah. about it. Uh, hi, Brendan. A friend of the show, Brendan. And uh, our other $10 backer is at Hey, It's Billy Rose. Billy! Our 
favorite Australian. We love we love you more than the the guy that was in this movie with the penis earring. I don't remember his name. I think he was English. The actor is. No, the character's English. Are you sure? Yeah, I looked it up. I have to look up the actor. I'm so <laughs> anyway, sorry. Thank you so much to all of those people, to Mazer, Zach, and Billy. We love you very, very much. Thank you very much, as always, to Brian Melblum for doing our theme tune, the Toyetic Toe Tapper. It's great, and we love you. You have just realized something? We, we always talk about the shows that I'm doing. You have an Etsy shop. Oh, yeah, I have an Etsy. Which one? I have two. Do both. I have I have two Etsy shops. Um, I have one where I sell pins and jewelry and stuff, and that's gold and mean. It's a play on words, because I like words and stuff. <laughs> um, and then I just recently opened a shop that has downloadable, uh, printable prints and calendars and stuff if you want to decorate your life. And stay organized. Nice. Where can we find that one? And that's Black Heart Print Shop. Heart as in the deer. So it's H-A-R-T. And you can find both of those on Etsy. Marvelous. So you can send me some money and get yourself some treats. Yeah, do it. Financially support Molly's yeah, creative please, passions. Please do. I yeah. need I need your money. I need your money, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, help us. Help us, Jeremy. Help us. That is it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I have been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toyetic comes with everything you see here. Respectful depictions of women sold separately. What did you do? It's paramount. I, re- the paramount I reported police. that they murdered the Scottish language. <laughs>